Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Well, thanks very much, uh, Steph. And uh, it is really, um, these are sort of great days in the life of the church. You know, we have uh, high days and low days, great days and tough days. This is a great day when we're, we're sending people out on the mission of God. Uh, I'm a lifelong West Ham fan and I know Tottenham needs all the help that they can get. So I'm thrilled to be able to join you on this occasion. We're going to jump straight in on uh, uh, our scripture today. If you've got your Bibles there, we're going to be going a little bit either way on that uh, text. Uh, We're going to be reading from Luke 18. So uh, I'll just give you a moment to uh, find that. And then I'm going to start reading from verse one through to verse eight. It says, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And for a while he refused. But afterwards, he said to himself, though, I I neither fear God nor respect man. Yet because his widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? So this is quite um, unusual um, to read a parable in the Bible that actually it actually explains itself at the beginning. You know, most parables, you have to sort of work your way through it. But right at the beginning, you know, it says, no, here's the explanation. We should always pray and not lose heart. And my message today is um, really about what exactly is it that Jesus is urging us to pray for and not lose heart? So if we read the parable at face value, it's very straightforward. Here's an oppressed widow and the unrighteous judge. and She is constantly bothering the judge for justice and he gives her justice on account of her persistence. And Jesus is saying, look, how much more so will our righteous God give us justice? So this should encourage us to always pray and not lose heart. So I guess the first question we should ask ourselves is, you know, am I always praying and am I not losing heart? And if I am and we are, and I very much hope we are, what exactly are we praying about? And this is the question that intrigues me about this parable. What is it that Jesus wants us to pray about and not lose heart? And a properly, you know, to properly understand this parable, we have to read it in the context of what comes before and what comes after so if you've got your bibles in front of you you could go back to luke 17 and verse 20 and uh, we see here where the context is set for us where jesus is asked by the pharisees when will the kingdom of god come and that's the context of much of what is going to come next and we know this because of the way luke then links the following passages so in In Luke 17 and verse 22, it says, and he, Jesus, said to his disciples, and from 
verse 22 through to the end of the chapter 17, Jesus is teaching his disciples about the coming kingdom of God. Immediately following, following on, we have the scripture we've read today, Luke 18 and verse 1, which obviously would have followed seamlessly in the original text. We see this same sentence construct, and, and. He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Then at the end of the parable, this particular parable, at verse 9 in Luke 18, we read another parable where it says, he also, can you see this link, and, and, he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. And then finally, in verses 15 to 17 of, of chapter 18, it says, uh, we see this recollection, how Jesus says, that unless, so and, and, he also, unless we receive the kingdom of God like a child, we shall not enter it. So from Luke 17, verse 20, and the question from the Pharisees about when the kingdom of God would come, right the way through to Luke 18 and verse 17, where Jesus speaks about receiving the kingdom of God like a child, all of these texts and incidents and episodes and parables belong to each other and they interpret each other and they help us to understand what it is that Jesus is trying to underline and teach us. So why is this important? It is very important because we have to recognize that we always bring a sort of a set of spectacles to the Bible when we come to read it. You know, we're products of our upbringing and our experiences. You know, we're products particularly of the culture that we grow up in, the worldview that we're presented with every day by the world, by our flesh, by the media, by the social media we choose to consume, by the people we choose to spend our time with, whether in person or electronically. We read the Bible through the lenses of a worldview. And the religious church in any age always tends to reflect the worldview of the culture in which it exists. I could give you many, many examples. I'll, I'll give you three quick examples. In the age of enlightenment or the age of reason, back in the 17th and 18th centuries, the advances of science caused the world to think that we're now able to explain everything through science and we no longer need God. And at exactly that time, we saw the emergence and growth of liberal theology that doesn't read the Bible through, uh, it doesn't only just read the Bible through this worldview, but in its extreme expressions, dispenses with the Bible altogether. We have the age of colonialism, when some nations were able to dominate other nations and impose their culture upon them. And at the same time, we had the great age of the missionary movements, which with all the very best intentions, and I don't want to uh, you know, rob these people of their sacrificial, devoted intentions to take the gospel. But often they did likewise in imposing their own cultural religion on other cultures. That was the worldview that they carried with them. Pentecostalism and the prosperity gospel and the American dream. Uh, the American dream obsesses with the opportunity for prosperity and success and upward social mobility. And here we then find the whole movement of the church obsessing about the same things and reading the Bible through this particular lens. And here in this passage, we see exactly the same thing happening with the Pharisees. So in chapter 7, 17 and verse 20, the Pharisees 
asked Jesus, when was the kingdom of God coming? And they're asking this question through the lens of their cultural expectations. What they meant was, when will the Messiah come and overthrow our enemies and establish the throne of David and restore Israel to her rightful place and bring peace and righteousness to the world through military domination? This was the worldview that they were bringing to this scripture. And this is why Jesus was uh, engaging that and tackling that with them. And this is why he's now explaining all these things through these parables. So the question is, what is the cultural lens through which we are reading this parable about the persistent widow. And uh, I would suggest that our cultural worldview in 21st century Britain is very much conditioned by individualism, narcissism, the cult of celebrity and fame. Look at me, it's all about me. Look at where I am, uh, look at who I'm with, look at how many likes I've got. And one of my Favourite preachers, Stephen Liston, he calls this the kingdom of sovereign self. Now, arguably all of fallen mankind is obsessed and consumed with self, but it seems that our culture is making it into something of an art form. It's all about my dreams, and my rights and my blessings. It's me-centred, the sovereign self. The kingdom of sovereign self, I heard Steph preaching on this, and he said it thrives with weak vague reading of scripture and lets the flesh coexist with the spirit. If your prayers always end with you, it is not of the spirit. The end is not you or me. The end is always to the praise of his glory. And there is no room for self-importance in the kingdom of God. We die to ourselves. We deny ourselves. So when we read this parable about the persistent widow, how do we pray? And I would suggest that because we are unwittingly steeped in this individualistic worldview, and because the parable is framed as an individual widow pleading her case, most often we might find ourselves reading this as an encouragement to pray for ourselves. My justice, my well-being, my healing, my prosperity, my cause. Now, please, we should entirely pray for these things. You know, a dear older lady came to me heartbroken because she prayed daily for her son to turn to God and he was going further and further away from God and she was losing heart. And I said to her, dear mother, until your dying breath, pray for your son. Never stop praying. Who knows how and when your prayers will be answered? You know, maybe when you've gone, the prayers will be answered or maybe for your children's children or their children, those prayers will bear its fruit. But. This parable is not about me or you. It's not about praying for our individual cause. Jesus is urging us to pray for the justice and mercy of the kingdom of God. It's not about God answering my prayers, fulfilling my dreams, granting me my blessing or my healing or my prosperity. It's clear from the parable that comes after in Luke 18, where, you know, uh, Jesus says in verse 14, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. I'm just urging us, I'm urging our dear friends as they launch themselves into Tottenham. This parable is urging us, Jesus is urging us to pray for the mercy and justice of the coming kingdom of God and never to lose heart However things may appear, 
you know, our culture is broken. Western culture is abandoning godly ways. In my lifetime, we've seen society, government, legislation, social philosophy, decisively untethered from godly ethics and biblical morality. And our appeal today, my appeal, the appeal of Jesus through this parable is rise above the cult of individualism, abandon the kingdom of sovereign self. It is appropriate to lament for our culture and always pray for the mercy and justice of God to come to our land and never give up. And Jesus is urging us to do this. Pray for the poor, pray against injustice, pray against ungodly arrogance. Have mercy, Lord. Give us justice. Give us mercy. Let your kingdom come. Pray continually. I was born in a very poor area of South London. My family can be traced back 10 generations, 200 years and more, in and around Deptford and New Cross. Twice my family line goes through workhouses of South London. And whenever I return to the area, I find myself just crying out to God as I drive or walk around the streets. It's a conversation, isn't it? You know, God, look at this. Have mercy. Pray, continue. Always pray, Jesus. And never lose heart. God, come. Restore justice. Have mercy on people who are victims of this broken culture. And so I just want to appeal as I, I bring this into land, really. I want to. I feel stirred to appeal for one heart, maybe who's listening in today, that um, you wouldn't consider yourself perhaps a, a follower of Jesus. Um, you know, I don't know how you found yourself in this call, but I just want to appeal to your heart and say, look, this is, this is good news. The, ki the coming kingdom of God is good news. The kingdom of God is near. You know, turn away from your rebellion. Turn to your father in heaven. This is the good news. With the simple trust of a child, turn from your rebellious ways. Put your hand in the hand of God. And I want to appeal to another heart. Those of us who are followers of Jesus here today. Let's not settle for the ordinary things of this world. Okay. God has called us for extraordinary things to be world changers. We need to understand that and believe that. We are heralds of the coming kingdom of God. Don't satisfy yourself with the things of this world. It's fascinating back at the end of chapter 17 where Jesus is uh, talking about the, the, the judgment that came on, on the people of Noah's time and the people of Lot's time. And it says they were just going about doing their everyday things, you know, waking, sleeping, planting, building, you know, and yet the, the, the judgment came. Let's not assimilate ourselves let's not settle into the ordinary things of this world you know that that hymn speaks about the things of this world will grow strangely dim i love that you know we lose the world loses its flavor for us because we're pursuing him we're pursuing his kingdom we're living a life worth living we're abandoning the kingdom of sovereign self we're pursuing the kingdom of god and all these things will be added and we're always praying for the kingdom of god to come to Tottenham and we're not going to lose heart as you walk to the shops as you travel to college to work to your studio wherever always pray for the kingdom to come with justice 
and mercy and do not lose heart until your dying breath. So I urge you, Tom and Chloe and your team, what a beautiful thing it is, you know, that Jesus can come and say, will I find faith in the earth? Well, he's going to find faith in Tottenham. People sewing their lives in, serving their socks off, sewing their lives into uh, Tottenham, serving the people of that place. Always praying for the kingdom of God to come, never losing heart, knowing that Jesus will have the victory and Jesus will have a harvest and an inheritance from among the people of Tottenham. And so I just want to encourage you, please pray always for the kingdom of God, the mercy and justice of our king to come to Tottenham and never lose heart. Amen.